Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. My name is Kai Graham and welcome to another episode in my podcast, The Parent and Teen Toolbox, which is designed to equip parents and teenagers with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Ladies and gents, I am so excited about this episode because I have the most wonderful Mishandria Peters here, who has been destined to do great things right from the off. She began this path of greatness by sliding out of the womb two months early. And at the age of two, she was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. She never allowed the, the diagnosis to deter from her achieving anything that she desired. And in 2011, she graduated from the University of North Texas, North Texas with a Bachelor of Sciences in Development and Family Studies and a minor in Spanish. She has defied the odds and accomplished goals that many thought would be impossible. And she is a cerebral palsy warrior who recognizes that there is limited representation for individuals who are differently abled. And she is passionate about sharing her experiences to advocate and educate. My love, I am so glad you're here. Thank you so much because we are going to talk and we are going to hear a little bit about your story today. So welcome. Well, thank you so much for having me. That's lovely to see you. Um, I think the title of this is Being Differently Abled Should Not Define You. So my immediate question is, do you felt do you feel that it has in the past? I feel like in certain circumstances it has been a um a way for people to make preconceived notions about me before even allow me the chance or taking the opportunity to interact with me to see what I have to offer and what I can bring to the table. So share that, share, share an experience with me. Tell me how you've sort of ha- had that in the past then. What, what's, what's gone on where you have felt, um, I guess it's discriminated against, is it? Yeah, I would say so. So let's go, I guess we'll start with like the workplace as an adult. Um, So I remember after graduating from high school, you know, you want to start, you're kind of starting independence there and getting summer jobs and things like that before Mm -hmm. you transition to college. And my sister and I were a few months apart so we were actually going to like a a temp agency together and I remember well you have to do like a battery of testing so you go there and you're there all day long basically because they want you to do the testing and 
see what they what jobs they can fit you with. Okay. So I remember um, the recruiter. She was like, "Oh, well, backstory. Like my sister and I had the same amount of experience or lack thereof." But I remember the recruiter saying, she was like, well, how are you going to be able to perform any, how are you going to be able to perform any of the tasks for any job, basically? And I was just, and this was before any of the testing, before I had completed any of the testing or anything like that. And I was just like, what do you mean? And so she, she, I guess she could tell by my tone that or in my body language that I was offended because I'm just like, it's you, it says that there's no experience required. And I haven't even completed, I, I hadn't even completed testing. So I'm not sure. Well, in my mind, I was thinking like, she obviously thinks just because I'm, using a wheelchair that I won't be able to do anything or add value to a company, which is definitely not true. Mm-hmm. So, Mashandra, how, how long ago was this? So this was probably like mm, 11 or 12 years ago. And has the working environment got any better because I I know that you know um there are my my daughter works in HR and there are a lot more processes and guidelines for inclusion for diversity to um avoid discrimination have you found that it's got better sort of you know in the the last few years or is it still as bad as as it has been in your experience I will say that depending on specific companies for me it has gotten um better in certain situations so with that like the company that i work for now it was a complete one like a complete 180 from the experiences that i've had in the past because i went to an open house and like from the open house to the full onboarding process, they were constantly concerned about how comfortable I would be and if modifications were needed for me, even before, I guess, we got out of training and things of that nature. They wanted to make sure that I was aware that all I needed to do was voice what I needed so that they could accommodate. Brilliant. Yeah. So tell me, what was your childhood like? Were you know, were, were you were you sort of ever treated you say that you had a sister? Have you got any other siblings? Um, yeah, I have a lot of other siblings, but um it was just growing up, it was just my mom. Or I'm sorry, my brother and I that live with my mom. Okay. And then I have other siblings with my dad. But um, as far as like growing up, what what was your question? I'm sorry, I kind of cut you off. What were you, you know, as as a child growing up in the sort of family home or you know wherever you, you where where you were with your your brother and your mum? 
were you led to believe that there was something slightly different about you and 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 therefore you know or were you always championed and accommodated because coming out into the big wide world to you know mm. i i've 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 known sort of some differently abled people who go oh no no i knew that i was different but i knew i could achieve anything and whereas mm. some some of them sort of said no i didn't actually realize until i got out there that there was something do you know what i mean so you know were you encouraged by your your sort of family to be sort of um maybe limit limit your hopes and dreams or were you encouraged to just grab life by the throat and just sort of you know just do what you what you dreamt so as far as growing up there was really no no difference well i can't say no difference i mean of course there were differences like physical therapy and any or um, modifications like having to go to more doctors visits yeah and of course my brother would because he's able bodied and i'm the oldest so i guess there i wasn't able to do really a comparison but thankfully my mom like she, i wasn't coddled so i got the i had the same expectations that any childhood for the different stages of growing up as far as like being able to go out and play because growing up I actually um I didn't start using a wheelchair until about the 5th grade okay so before that I was using a walker and crutches but eventually it it physically became too much for me so we decided that I would first get a manual wheelchair and at that time as far as like interacting with my peers um i didn't really notice a difference in treatment well that because everybody wanted to help me and like push me around and do all of that so i didn't notice a difference there um but it was as i transitioned like to middle school then those the differences i started to notice them now when within my home I, my mom she always let me know that i could do whatever i wanted to do you know and oh, yeah. i wasn't of course the, i knew that there was something different about me but like i said she didn't it wasn't like oh you're different and she had me in a bubble so it kind of stifled me so i'm thankful that she didn't do that because i see that in other you know you see that kind of on tv and i know as a parent i'm sure she was scared of how the world may treat me but she still made sure that i was empowered I guess that's weird to say for a kid but I feel like she did make sure that I was empowered and that I didn't feel like I w- I couldn't do everything else that anyone else was doing because in my family I'm the only one with a physical disability so I didn't I didn't have any relatives to you know, well, yeah. I don't know if how common that is anyway for other people to have disabilities as well, 
but there was no difference like within my family unit and even with extended family they just wanted me to be as careful as you would want any child to be but still considering my disability as well so you were you were equipped very early on with that can-do attitude then yeah which is proven because you as you the 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 sort of introduction sort of said you you came out and graduated um you know in in sort of 2011 which which um was 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 that always a dream is that what you know is that a, an area you always wanted to sort of um you know sort of study in no at first i wanted to do psychology but i when i actually transferred to unt um i changed my mind cuz i took a couple of i think i took like two psychology classes and i was like well, I'm not really that interested in this. So it sounds was, very sounds very like my own story. You get your foot in the door, you take one look around, and you get, I don't know if this is for me. So, yeah. So family studies and science and sort of um, development and family studies. So that has springboarded you to what, what are you doing right now then, uh, Mashandra? Nothing to do with that. I actually... <laughs> No, no, and I, nor am I. <laughs> I actually work in insurance. Um, so I file claims. I assist customers with filing claims and um, making sure that they have the information they need to file the claim and kind of walking them through their process and easing the anxiety of getting the claim filed over the phone. Cool. So you, you're working in the corporate environment, yeah? Yes. And and as you sort of touched on, that is an environment for you where you've been able to thrive and you've been able to sort of, um, you know, sort of follow your career path that way. Has that brought, has that caused any problems for you? Has or 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 are you you said it was a it was a good employer that you're working for? Um, what do you mean by caused any problems? Well, I mean the whole the whole point that you are here about your with your message is to say that differently abled pe- uh, people should not be defined. So that there is there is that sort of hidden implication that p- potentially they are defined and that there is, you know, that society might be treating you differently. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just sort of trying to dig and say, well, is this the case? Is this the, the case from your experience? Yeah, I would say, like I said, with this company, it's a complete 180. Um from any other companies that I have worked for. So I'm really thankful to be able to say that today. Um, I know right after I graduated from college, I actually worked for a company and, well, I worked for several companies before I got to this company, but I remember just, um, this was like right after I graduated from college so, you know, you're kind of excited about graduating and maybe not so excited about entering the workforce, but, you know, it's kind of a gradual next step if you want to be independent. So I was excited and I remember on my first day, we had like a 15 minute break after training. And this lady, she walks up to me and she's like, I didn't know y'all work. And I'm like, 
So I just look and I'm like, I don't say anything. And then I'm just waiting on her to kind of give me more information about what she meant as far as y'all. So she says, I know people in wheelchairs work. And I'm like, I'm sure you haven't talked to all people in wheelchairs. Like, I didn't say that, but that's what I was thinking. And so then I'm just sitting there like, yeah, we do work. That's why I'm here. And then she says, well, I'm proud of you. And I'm like, hmm, okay thank you but I'm thinking like you're you're proud of me because I get to pay my own bills like I'm not sure so if you we've got you know this is um, a parenting podcast it is a a, a podcast for parents of teenagers so if you um, have pieces of advice for either the parents you know or, or or the teenagers who might be listening what would your pieces of advice be what would you you know what what would you want to encourage them to do or say what what's your message here for parents I would say everything starts in the home so begin to empower your child and let them know that they're able to do anything that they're wanting to work for. And it's going to be, it's going to be a little bit harder just because the world is not as accepting of differences, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. but they can still do anything that they want to do. And then also for parents, I would say if you're feeling alone, and overwhelmed by the diagnosis, try to join support groups because you can learn a lot and you'll be surprised how much you'll be able to connect with individuals. And then for children, I would say just be confident in yourself mm-hmm. because and don't don't let your difference or your disability stop you or limit you. You can do whatever you want to do. Just remember that you're gonna have to work for it just like anyone else would. Yeah, because I, I think sort of the thing is is that um, you know, sort of you are differently abled, and um the very fact that you are in a wheelchair is something that is visible for, you know, the stranger to see, to sort of see Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, that is your situation. There are many sort of families who have um, kids who might sort of um, have sensory processing issues where, you know, they are that maybe initially the um, sort of problems are or, or, or the sort of differences are slightly more harder to spot. And mm-hmm. so I guess that that um, in itself is a hurdle for families to sort of have to address. What what have been your big What have been your biggest hurdles? What have you had to address um, being differently abled as opposed to? I mean, obviously you you've clearly sort of um, you know highlighted a couple of comments from dare I say it ignorant people. Um, but you know we can all. Sort of received those as well, but what what have been your biggest struggles where you sort of 
felt that you had to sort of overcome something in order to still achieve the 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 your hopes and dreams or or to you know sort of achieve your your um challenges in life so i feel like the biggest hurdle for me has been building a tough skin because with all of the different experiences that I've had, I think that it would have been easy for me to kind of retreat back and say, oh, well, if this is how people expect me to behave or, you know, they they have this preconceived notion of me anyway. So why not just, I guess, take the easy way out and not try to achieve anything and I decided that I didn't want that to be the narrative because why why let that be the narrative when I'm able, thankfully, I'm able to have mobility and still access resources that allow me to achieve goals and if I have. Well, and I've tapped into that, so it would it would be an in I guess a disservice to myself if I mm-hmm. just kind of took the position of having a pity party just from all the negative interactions that I've had and just solely focused in on that. So how do you address the fact that some people and I'm not saying all, but there, there will be, you know, sort of some people, and you, you've clearly come across them, who mm-hmm. have um, the, the the idea that differently abled people have a sort of perceived glass ceiling. So how do you deal with that? And how do you sort of shatter, for want of a better word, the, those, those preconceptions that other people have? Uh, so I deal with it like basically doing what we're doing now, mm-hmm. just having conversations. Because a long time ago, I used to get so angry, and I just couldn't understand like why why would you like with the negative interactions? Why would you? How would you have the audacity to come up and say some of the things that you're saying? And I realized that getting angry, it really doesn't, it doesn't solve anything. It just makes me mad and it doesn't accomplish anything. Like they're still not educated by me just getting mad. So having these conversations, answering questions, um, just being a voice and an advocate, that's how I feel that I can kind of bridge the gap or kind of connect the disconnect. So have you seen changes in society over the years? Have you seen sort of things, attitudes and um, maybe opportunities? Or have you have you seen things changing for, for well, I was going to say for the better, but um, potentially for the worse. But have you seen changes in society towards differently abled people? I would say yes, because uh, I think social media has a lot to do with that. 
because a few years ago I didn't know, well, I didn't see much representation for individuals who are differently able, whether they had a physical disability or, you know, any type of um, disability. But now we have social media. So I see a lot of influencers who are differently abled, yeah. actors, and that really excites me because I, it's not something that I really thought was a possibility because I guess, well, for me, I didn't see it. So I didn't think, you know, that precisely it was something that was achievable. And I think it is important for our younger generation to see role models who are whatever, who 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 are like them. And it doesn't, you know, it, whether or not it is sort of um, as far as their gender is concerned or their race or their ability or, you know, it's it's important for our children to see a very diverse platform of people who are able to sort of shine. I think that's, you know, that's the right word. I mean, I know, I, I don't know if you watch a bit over here, we have Strictly Come Dancing. And for the last couple of sort of series, we have indeed have different, you know, have had differently abled um, celebrities coming on as, as you know, sort of dancers. And it the, the feedback they have had is phenomenal, is to sort of, you know, from the, the kids to say, thank you, that it's so wonderful to see people on telly. And so this is what I guess you're doing, isn't it? Is championing and to sort of say that, it is all right to be different, I guess. It's all, and and we are able to do whatever we set our heart to do. And I think you, you, Mashandra, have been very fortunate. Forgive me, maybe I'm putting words into your mouth, but you have had um, a family upbringing where you were encouraged to just get on and do it. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Because um, I feel, like I said, I feel like if if my parents would have coddled me, I would not have accomplished probably any of what I've accomplished thus far, because I don't think that I would have had the courage to do so. Yeah. So, yeah. That's so, an so how would you encourage the teens out there? That how 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 would you as as you have sort of said yourself, you 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 are a cerebral palsy warrior, but let's just not define it to that let's say a, a warrior of all differently abled people um how would you empower others to just keep saying yes to whatever they want to achieve i would say you have say yes to yourself because yeah. if you if you don't put the work in and you well, yeah, if you don't put the work in, then it's not going to get done because everything that I've accomplished is because I I said, oh, OK, well, I want to do this. And thankfully, I, if I needed assistance, I've had someone to, you know, help me every step of the way. But say yes to yourself. And then w once you get in your mind, whatever it is that you want to do, then go ahead, go do what you need to do to accomplish that goal. So if it's networking, 
or reaching out to someone who is good at whatever it is that you're wanting to do, do it. Because the only person that can stop you is really you. Mm -hmm. So how can we encourage more more diversity around the table then? By having these conversations and just having opportunities for representation so that I think like your platform and these different podcasts, just having individuals on who are differently abled or individuals in general, because we are all unique and we all have something to offer. So just it starts with representation rather than be through conversation or um I don't know events but yeah and I think I think that's the thing isn't it is because you know you've hit the nail on the head is um that yes you are differently abled but we are all different we are all unique we all are good at some things and rubbish at others we all have hopes and dreams and they're not all the same so and I, I think that's your point is is to embrace who you are. And yeah, you know, you you might sort of be different at sort of some things and others, but it doesn't negate who we are. It doesn't negate um, you know, sort of what we've got to offer. And and to hear things like, oh, y'all work, do you? I mean, how incredibly crass. But it's 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 actually getting past that, isn't it? And it's dr- having the passion to achieve what you want to achieve because I think actually Mishandra that in itself by rather than sitting back and getting cross by being that warrior that person who has the drive that is how we are going to better educate people isn't it Mm -hmm. is to you know and and to sort of quieten those those voices of um, discrimination because it is, you know, whether or not it's of color, whether or not it's, you know, as I said to you before we started recording, I've been speaking to someone who's non-binary this afternoon. And we all have so much more to bring to the table. And we are so much richer because of that, because everyone's experiences are different. And, and that's we should be honoring that rather than thinking it as a threat or a problem. Right. Yeah. Um, tell me, what, what advice would you, I was going to say, what advice would you give to your 18-year-old self or an 18-year-old sort of who is struggling with being different for whatever reason? Um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be an 18-year-old. Let's just say a teen. What, what advice, and I know you sort of said, you know, champion yourself and be yourself, but what what takeaway can can someone, maybe it's a parent of someone who is sort of, wired differently or looks different or whatever or maybe it's that person themselves what is it from your experience that you can say you know have you had a driving mantra or have you that that has sort of supported you when you're struggling and I don't mean just you know because you're differently able I I mean if you know when you're struggling against other people's misconceptions what, what what would you give them as a sort of driving um affirmation or a driving piece of advice you said for 
anyone struggling with misconceptions? Well, no, just that, just that person. You know, you you when you were eighteen or fifteen, sixteen. What now? Knowing what you know now, what would you say to that younger self? I would say give yourself grace because you're not going to have it all figured out at all. And you have the right to change your mind. You have the right to ask for help. And you should if you need it. But most of all, give yourself grace. Be patient with yourself. And I really, I had to learn that. Um, I would say I probably just in recent years because I I think we're our own worst critics and sometimes you can well me specifically sometimes I can hold myself to a standard because I've because of my disability I have oftentimes felt like I need to work harder yeah. and kind of sometimes overcompensate as well just because of the experiences that I've had so I, t- I would say to everyone, just give yourself some grace. Like we're all dealing with a lot every day. So, And, and I think you're, you're quite right. I think that's the thing is, do, do you find that you have set your expectations of yourself doubly high because you're needing to prove yourself? Or is that, is that, not, you know, is, is that sort of something that you would recognize in yourself? So I would say that I used to, I used to set them like to where I was stressing out so much about I need to do this or I can't mess up on this or this has to be this way specifically. But now it's just like I'm going to do my best. And as long as I know that I'm doing the best that I can, I'm giving a thousand percent on everything, then that's after that, I'm leaving it all on the table because it's some people you're not going to change their minds no matter what you do. So you just have to do Well, I've found that I just have to do my best. And it's it's really unhealthy. The thoughts that I did have as far as like overcompensating to try to and get people to understand, you know, that I can add value to whatever the situation may be. Like, if they're not going to see it, then it's their loss. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's the same sort of um, for all of us to an extent in life is that we're not going to please everyone. And um, if we set intolerably high expectations of ourselves, it's nearly impossible to measure up. So I think it's being realistic. And I think that's what this year especially has taught us with, um, you know, sort of coronavirus is that we're sort of nearly going back to basics and realizing what's important in life. And I think we don't actually need to prove terribly much to anyone other than ourselves, I would have thought. Yeah. So. My love, it's been wonderful. Thank you so much for um, bringing your story to, to my audience. And thank you for sharing your experiences, because I think you are indeed wonderful to, so, you know, to champion um, 
you know, just just sort of, um, I, I think probably lifting the lid and and supporting those sort of people. Maybe you know, my the, my my audience who are sort of younger and parents of maybe children who are struggling. And it's always important to know that it's yeah. I think a lot comes from within, doesn't it? And and the sort of family environment. So I thank you so much. Thank you. I have enjoyed our conversation and I really appreciate this opportunity to be able to use my voice. Well, keep using your voice because it needs to be heard. So thank you so much, Mishandria. You're welcome. Have a good evening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you find this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.